Hey, this is Greg Grunberg, a.k.a. your favorite Star Wars character, Snap Wexley, and you are right where you need to be listening to yet another amazing episode of the Black Squadron podcast. Welcome back to the Black Squadron pod- podcast. Is that right? Podcast? Episode We're a podcast, though, yeah. Yay! Yay! Um, But we're live on YouTube as well. Yeah, live on YouTube. Not Facebook tonight, just YouTube. Um, So, Star Wars, right? Yeah, what's up, everybody? What up, though? You know what? I'm excited for tonight. Uh, Here shortly, we'll be joined by Ethan Sachs. You may know him as an expert jazz player. No, I'm kidding. He's he's an author of Star Wars. Um, So before we get into all this jazz... I got some vintage, which is kind of crazy. Is it vintage, 1999 at this yeah. point, 20, 20 years ago? Sorry? Uh, no, you can't call it vintage for like, Phantom Menace stuff. <laughs> 20 I'm years. assuming it's Phantom Menace because you said 1999. Yeah, yeah. So okay. um, <laughs> I've mentioned many times that I wanted to recollect the cup toppers that I had back when they came out. Um, so I've been steadily trying to piece them all together, and I found an awesome lot on eBay for like six, literally $6. So I'm just going to show them to you guys really quick. First hey, one. Vader girl. Hey, Vader girl. First one I got, Maul. Oh, You know what's the best part is that they were they told us this. They told us the end of the movie before the movie came out. Who's going to one. So they gave they spoiled the movie before it even came out. <laughs> All right. I just got this for Mari. Like last week. <laughs> R2 with the moving legs. Oh my gosh. Nice. Wait, so that, that's a cup topper? Yeah, they're all cu- these are all cups. I remember that one. Jar Jar. The straw is like three feet long. It's crazy. <laughs> Yod. <laughs> nice. I might paint the hair a little bit because he's looking a little young and dapper. <laughs> that's, you know what? That's actually, that has the potential to be a really nice Yoda bust. Mace. <laughs> Do you guys have a Sam Jackson cup you drink out of or is it just me? That's, that's kind of scary, actually. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, I didn't have the cup, so I'm still on the hunt, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> there are two of them. Uh, I'm going to get some quick shout outs to people. Danny, welcome, Danny. Hi, good seeing you again. Farm boy, what up? Glad you're here, like always. BSP crew, what's up? (laughs) All right, so Star Wars news. Star Wars news. Uh, Gosh, a couple of things that it was uh, the Emmys, Emmy Emmy, Emmy Award announcements. Uh, Mandalorian got a ton, 15 announcements. You want to go over those really quick? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Mandalorian got 15 Emmy nominations. If you have not heard, um, let's see, let's see, let's see. And what we're looking at here is outstanding drama series as a whole. We have outstanding character voiceover performance for Taika Waititi as IG-11 in chapter eight, which was the series finale redemption. Um, I agree. He was amazing in that one. Uh, guest actor, outstanding guest actor in a drama series for Giancarlo Esposito, who is Moff Gideon, uh, also for Chapter 8. We have outstanding production design for a narrative program, Half Hour, um, for Chapter 1, uh, so the, the series premiere. 
It's kind of neat. A very specific award. L like a lot of these, we're gonna... <laughs> okay, so here you go. Ready for this one? Outstanding cinematography for a single camera series, half hour, <laughs> The Mandalorian Chapter 7, The Reckoning. And that one goes to the uh, director of photography and, uh, wow. Yeah, very specific award. Uh, <laughs> outstanding c c fantasy sci-fi costumes. So this one's just for costumes. For, for, for chapter three, The Sin. They didn't like the costumes in any of the other episodes, but in chapter three, they really, really liked the costumes. Uh, outstanding single camera picture editing. So editing, I guess. Okay. For chapter two, and then one for chapter four, and then one for chapter eight. So I guess that's three different awards they were up for for that. For that, or maybe it's all logged into one. I don't know how the Emmys work. Maybe it's all clumped into one. They get it for the three of them. Well, we're actually up for an Emmy for the best podcast starring us. That's 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 not the Mandalorian, but it's totally there uh, for every episode. Was, okay, let me get let me go through the other ones really quick. Uh, Outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series, limited series, movie, or special. And I had an episode there, uh, chapter six. Outstanding music composition. Outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama series. Outstanding sound mixing. Outstanding special effects. Outstanding stunt coordination for a series. So that one was for The Mandalorian as a whole. Boom, there you go. More Star Wars content getting awards, just like the Ewoks did. Getting an Emmy. <laughs> There's our one per show. <laughs> I gotta throw the Ewoks in there, man. They won an Emmy. Um, I really hope that one day when Ethan is riding bounty hunters that we see a grizzled old Ewok bounty hunter. Oh my God. That would be <laughs> so amazing. It would be incredible. <laughs> I, I gotta find a way to get him into like a wager. I gotta bet him something that I can't lose. And but but the the prize will be he has to write in this like badass bounty hunter, <laughs> and uh, gonna make this happen. I don't know how, but it's gonna happen. And his name will be Slade. Slade. <laughs> James, welcome. First time listener, first time caller. Uh, so glad to have you here on the show. Thank you, James. And thanks for subscribing, James. Yeah. Um. So, do you guys honestly think? And I don't know what it's up against. Do you think it has a chance to win the best dramatic series? Oh, okay, hold on. What's the... Was it up for best series? I think so, right? Special effects, composition, editing, costumes, prosthetic. I don't... I no, I don't think... Oh, yeah, outstanding drama series. You are right. Yeah. yeah. Um, let, me, let me check what it's up against. And you guys can talk about something else while I'm Googling. <laughs> uh... I was thinking that the episode where they're in the prison would probably be the one that was up for the makeup because of the Twi'leks and the Devonians. Is that how you say it? I'm terrible at pronouncing things. Yeah. So that's, why, that's why I always lobby for Star Wars to put an index in the back for pronunciation guides. <laughs> it would help me a ton. Um, That one would make sense. But, like, I mean, even any episode with Quill in it, like. Oh, yeah. I mean that that whole thing, like the whole thing is prosthetics. How tiny that lady is who plays him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the nominee, the overall outstanding drama series nominations: Better Car, Better Call Saul, The Handmaid's Tale, The Crown, Killing Eve, Ozark, Stranger Things, Succession, 
and the Mandalorian. I think they have a chance, honestly. I think it has a chance, assuming it gets a fair one. I mean, yeah, some of those shows, though, have a much wider audience. Yeah. Things like The Crown and Ozark are... But but you know what? I, I can't say any of them had as much of an impact as The Mandalorian did. The Mandalorian was everywhere in media. It was on the news. It was, you know, everywhere. I don't think that matters to the people. Hey, Rez. Hello, Rez. What's up, Rez? Um, Danny says there's no chance for winning Best Series. Hollywood doesn't like Star Wars. It was enough to be nominated. Danny, I respect your opinion, but we have a better than a chance to win this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else you got, BP? Uh, new video game, right? New VR, a VR game? That is... Is a new VR game. It's topical for tonight because it's based out of Batu, which I believe is Bobby Moynihan's the main character, well, the central character. So here's a quick video of it for our podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge. I'm the director on Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. It's a new virtual reality experience where we're going to explore and expand on the story of Black Spire Outpost, which you can see at Galaxy's Edge. My name is Kishore. I'm an animation lead. Guys, I spent two full days at Galaxy's Edge, and it wasn't enough. <laughs> well, now you can live there. I hate, I hate that I can't go there again for a while. Wait to experience it for the first time. If you scroll up, yeah, there's concept photos, um, which are obviously what I love. Oh, that's so cool. We're actually going to see the, uh, what is it, the Goovian Death Gang? Is that what they're called? They yeah. actually get to see them do some stuff now, which is kind of cool. I actually was driving today, and a guy had his license plate. It's a, it was Batu. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The core, and that's such a cool. I looked at this like three or four times, and I noticed something new every single time I looked at it. Yeah, so I, um, basically what happens here is you are getting on your way to Batu, and you get assaulted by the pirates, and you crash land. You end up crash landing, and then you have to go through a bunch of missions to. They didn't really specify exactly why. Um, I'm guessing you're in trouble with the, with the Death Gang, and um, as you do, yeah. <laughs> You know, freaking kanji club. You know what happens with them. <laughs> Tell that the kanji club. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited for this one. I, I might even buy a VR. Just well, that and squadrons is. Well, so this VR is only is is on Oculus. Oculus. Yeah, that's so it, it's going to be separate from where squadrons is. So you're going to need two <laughs> VR headsets for Star Wars coming this fall. Well, I'm made of money, so you know. <laughs> Speaking of made of money, if you guys. Want to? This is a beautiful time. Go ahead and like and subscribe this video. To <laughs> like like this video, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, hit the little bell so you're notified whenever um, you know Black Squadron podcast does go live. Whenever we post anything fun, uh, check us out also on Facebook, on Instagram, on BP. I don't know where you are. Twitter, all everywhere. Just, just follow BP. I'm, wherever I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. <laughs> All right, so I guess it's eight o'clock. Let's uh, get into the meat and taters of this whole thing. 
Um, speaking of Batu, oh, speaking of Batu, the author of Galaxy's Edge comic, Star Wars Allegiances, and Bounty Hunter, and a couple other things we'll get into. The one and only Ethan Sachs. Hey, people, can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, what? Uh, what? What is this? Speaking of money. <laughs> As in, this dude is money because everything he writes is awesome. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that's exactly uh, the only. <laughs> Fortunately, New York's super cheap. <laughs> so, you, you're welcome, dude. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are How are you three doing? Good. I mean, we get to talk about Star Wars all the time, so we're happy. Yeah. <laughs> too. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, are, have you been a Star Wars fan your whole life? Yes, since uh, I'm old enough that I saw the first movie uh, in the theater in 1977 as a four-year-old. Oh, and nice. I, one of my first memories, I remember it vividly, to the point where I saw it in Times Square, in a theater in Times Square, and um, I can still, my father passed away about uh, 25 years ago. It's like he's alive, like it's that vivid, the memory, sitting next to me, so it's, it's that powerful, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, Star Wars can do that. Uh, does that mean that A New Hope is your favorite? Uh, actually, Empire Strikes Back would be my favorite. Um, just to this day, I think, you know, I mean, I don't know when you're, you've all seen younger than me, so I don't know when you came into the franchise, but I kind of think, you know, for my generation, obviously the original trilogy was such a touchstone for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think all of our favorites are the original trilogy, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, we're all, I actually don't know. Slade and I are 80, 80s babies. <laughs> I'm, I'm super late 80s. <laughs> uh, so yeah, New Hope's my favorite. We've went over that a hundred times. We actually did this really cool series where we did five things we liked and three things we disliked for every single movie. Mm. Uh, one movie per episode. Uh, it took about two and a half, three months, I think. Um, but it was really yeah. fun to do. So what's that? For the episode? That's a long episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I stopped editing a long time ago, so I guess it could be one long episode. <laughs> uh, well, we, but, we did we did all of the um, it was eleven movies total because we did the nine main episodes, and we also did Solo and Rogue One. Did you do the Clone Wars movie, or did not count that as part? No, we didn't start there. <laughs> I have a hard time watching that one because the animation is just not my bag. But the Clone Wars series is another thing we've been talking about going through. There's just so many we had to got to try to figure out how to. Uh, do it. <laughs> and I, haven't, I haven't seen the whole thing. I literally just started that series. So oh, yeah. I rewatched uh fairly recently and yeah, you're in for a ride, I think. I'm so excited. I'm I'm only on episode I'm up to episode eleven. Clone Wars, you know, that I'm thinking about it. it. It reminds me of Harry Potter where it starts off and you're like, it's just kind of fun. You know, you're playing a couple games. Hey, ten points over here. And then it ends up being just like so dark and the world is crashing in on everyone and everything's blowing up and oh my gosh, the redhead died and now this thing is going on over here. It's, it's, it's very similar in, in its, in its uh, ascendancy to serious craziness. Yeah, yeah. Harry Potter uh, is a good comparison, I think. Where by the end you're like, what happened to the feel good thing? <laughs> 
Danny's complimenting you. Is there a gentleman in there? Is that like point ten? Uh, so for the podcast, this was uh, we have a comment from one of the listeners on YouTube right now. <laughs> Ethan's COVID facial hair is a ten ten. Yeah, calm down, Danny. It's <laughs> actually not facial hair; it's just uh, dirt. This <laughs> <laughs> he got a McFlurry Oreo McFlurry earlier. So have you? Uh, you you previously before you started writing before you started writing Star Wars comics, you wrote um, superhero Marvel comics, right? Some, uh, well, yeah, so basically I'm only about three years into my uh, comic book career. I was a journalist, um, you know, full-time newspaper journalist for 20 years, uh, but I covered uh, comic books and Star Wars, among other things. In fact, that story about me being a, a four-year-old and seeing it for the first time and, and all that, I got to tell um, George Lucas, uh, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill in different interviews, and they all have very different reactions. Uh, <laughs> uh, Carrie Fisher, uh, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but go for, it. go for it. We want to hear it. Yeah, she got kind of emotional and she, she like tapped her chest, you know. And then uh, Mark Hamill then went on a total like tangent, told me a 20 minute story that had nothing to do with anything, uh, but it was a really good story. That's on, that's on par. That's on par. George Luke, Lucas looked like he wanted to call security at that point. Like, he's like, that's also on George Lucas par. is like, very, very, sir, this, George Lucas is like, sir, this is the men's room. Yes. Please stop talking to me. This is yeah. Baskin Robbins. He just he looked really uncomfortable, and that was at the very beginning of the interview. So I was like, oh well, it's yeah. I just I just blew it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in answer to your question, so yeah, I I covered all. Uh, the sort of geek beat at the paper, among other things, yeah. and uh, eventually transitioned to comics. So, uh, in large part, like I knew a lot of people in the comic book business, and one of my good friends is Joe Casada, who uh, uh, at that time was a CCO of Marvel, and wow. we were talking, and I, this all started because I had this idea for a, a Greedo story, and. Um, we were at a Mets game. He's a Mets fan, so I went with him to a Mets game, and I was like, you know, uh, a few weeks earlier, it was it was May the fourth, you know, the the holiday that May the fourth be with you, and so for the for the Daily News website, I interviewed uh, Paul Blake, the guy who played Greedo, and he was so funny. And I, I I said, does it bother you that there's this whole generation that thinks Greedo shot first and somehow missed? Like right across this little table, like and and he said, and he just had this whole. It was almost like a comedy routine. He was so funny. It's like I know, I know he's myopic. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, I know he's myopic with those eyes. Um, but like you know, what's he doing in the bounty hunter game? Like it should be flower arranging. It was all the, like he just was really funny, but it clearly bothered him that you know that there was this whole change, and this Greedo is now this like punchline. <laughs> so anyway, so I thought, I don't know how well you know like classic cinema, but uh, there's this Kurosawa movie, Rashomon, which is based on an old Japanese uh, novel. And it's basically a murder told from four very different points of view and none of the accounts match. And so I thought, okay, it would be kind of funny to do like the murder investigation for the Greedo shooting and like, you know, in the <laughs> points of view. So... I sat there, I was like, you know, do you mind if I do like a spec script just for fun? I mean, you can like, he has a dog. So like, you know, if you need to curb your dog, like you can use it for that. But I, I just had this idea. I think it's funny. 
So he, and he just was like, yes, yeah, sure, whatever. And I mean, it was not exactly like a like an encouragement, <laughs> but I did it anyway. And then he sat on. You gotta imagine Joe Casada gets hit up with pitches like eight times. <laughs> and I never crossed that line before. I never crossed that line because I, I, you know, I was also a journalist at the time, and it was like, but I just thought the idea was funny, and I thought, okay, well, if they use it, I, I won't get any money for it. I'll just like donate whatever. I, I really thought the idea was funny. So it took him four months, and he later told me it's he was so sure it was going to suck that he didn't want, he didn't know how to have the conversation with me. So he didn't, he just didn't read it. Um, <laughs> then, he read it then he read it eventually, and he's like, "Dude, you can actually do this for a living, and like um, as much as there is a living in comics." But yeah. anyway, so it literally changed the course of my life. Uh, but they never did publish uh, the Greedo comic, so it's, it's yeah. But uh, it led to other things. Um, first big one I did was the series called Old Man Hawkeye and then led to a couple of other things and uh, eventually Star Wars. I just read Old Man Hawkeye uh, a couple weeks ago and I it, I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed it. So good good work. Thank you. That's what <laughs> well, I go for, pleasantly surprised. <laughs> well, I, my, my Hawkeye relationship is more hate than love. <laughs> I have really no reasoning for it. So I didn't read the story when it came out and then it just it was on my table and I read it and I was like, oh, that's 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 really good. <laughs> Hawkeye has a big following and Old Man Hawk. It, it it translated to Old Man Hawkeye too. It was, a, it was they were very good books. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay, I've always liked him because there's something about you know he had no powers. He's not particularly smart. You know, it, it's but by the grace of God that whatever in panel one, whatever like danger there is, how he makes it to panel six on a page is like I I can't believe he survived. The, all five panels on this page, you know. So I, I really like that about him. Uh, sorry to go back. Was the was your Greedo comic ever drawn? No, no, just the script floating around in the ether right now. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. I actually have a bumper sticker that says Han shot first. Like, it's not on my car, but I got it at a convention at some point. I was like, I need this. Hey, two man two. Um, when I interviewed for my current role at my organization I work for, uh, the guy, one of the guys interviewed me didn't know me. Uh, so he didn't know my Star Wars obsession. And he's like, I have a very important question for you. And how you answer this will determine whether or not you move forward in this process. And I was just like, okay, here we go. This is going to be some code writing. And he goes, who shot first, Han or Greedo? <laughs> Uh, I was like Han. <laughs> and he's like, "Good job, you're hired." <laughs> it's actually not canon, though. Just so I know, I know. <laughs> but that's what he wanted to hear, so <laughs> I, I let him have it. Uh, so, for the folks who live under a rock and don't know which Star Wars books you've written, what have you written? Uh, so I started off with a um, a uh, just a ten-page story. It was my first one, uh, a Mace Windu story. Um, it was part of uh, Age of Republic, which was a special that was uh, going on. And then from that, I got tapped uh, with artist Will Sliney on this series called Galaxy's Edge, which was a tie-in to the to the um, theme park, you know, to, to the opening. Of, uh, you were talking about Batu earlier. And that was amazing because, like, uh, Disney World flew Will and I down there to help open the Orlando one. Yeah. And so, like, we had to do a signing, uh, a talk, and some 
like media stuff. And the rest of the time, literally they had guides for us, like VIP guides. And we just kept riding the rides over. That was literally like three days. That was my job. That's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And then they flew me back down. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but they, I went back down again for the opening of Rise of the Resistance, the, the new ride, mm-hmm. uh, because I had another book out at the time called um, Allegiance, which was a tie-in to the Rise of the Skywalker. So um, Rise of Skywalker. So it was like a prequel. Uh, You've all seen the movie, obviously. So it, it was basically talking about how how they got some of the ships. You know, uh, they sort of got some of the weapons and ships that they had at the beginning of uh, of the movie. You know, because yeah. at the end of, at the end of the Last Jedi, they were sort of on the run and and basically could all the entire Resistance could fit in the back of the Millennium Falcon. You know, uh, yeah. so, <laughs> sort of telling a little bit of that story and. Um, uh, from there, uh, now I'm doing a ongoing series called Bounty Hunters. Um, I get to use all the classic bounty hunters from The Empire Strikes Back, maybe a couple other uh, surprise uh, guest stars. But the main character is this guy, Valance, who I don't know uh, how well the, you know, the listeners or how old the listeners are, but he actually dates back to the original Marvel Comics uh, line, and uh, he's a sort of cyborg bounty hunter that has a connection to, to Han Solo and um, he uh, yeah so he's like the point of view character uh, but I get to the Boba Fett, Bosk, uh, Zuckus, you know, For- Forlum, all the all the sort of classics I get to play with them. I get to play in that sandbox. I think it's like page two or three in the first book there's this full page of Boba Fett firing uh, his flamethrower. Yeah. Cool, such a cool shot. Yeah. Uh, uh, the comic I, I read him again last night, just you know, prepare because I'm professional. Says nobody ever. Um, and the very last page of issue three, there's like that breakdown of balance. His body internal workings. He literally just has a human leg <laughs> and a shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it's a few, for a few bits left. Yeah, <laughs> it has to be. There has to be a lot of freedom there in writing stories with the bounty hunters though because you have a lot less restrictions than you would like if you're just writing a jedi for instance or something like that with the bounty hunters you're like because then also you can take the story wherever you want wherever you want i mean it's like well i'm going to create this new world where they're going to go do bs with because you know it's it's the bounty hunters let's just have fun with it and you can have fun with it in, in a different aspect than you can you know like a a, a light side jedi type of a thing yeah. right well, I mean, it's definitely like there's always, you know, some oversight or else, you know, oh, yeah. I'm going to break things. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, because Lucasfilm is great. Like they there are people that work there that literally know everything that happened in every Clone Wars episode or every obscure, you know, novel um, <laughs> from the, you know, from the 80s and things like that. They, they, they're just encyclopedic. Um, I kind of envision a little bit like the precogs in Minority Report that they're in these sort of, you know, tubes. Or <laughs> if they're, you know, I, I don't you know. Process how. your script and see if it breaks any canon. Yeah, I just don't know how human. And they see where Dave Filoni wants to go in the future. Does it break that? No, you're good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're not far off. You're not far off. I really don't know how human beings can know so much, but uh, they do. So there is that. But at the same time, um, you know, we're we're exploring a world. That you know, it, it's sort of the way I think about it is there's this battle between good and evil happening in the 
in the orbit of these planets and this is what's happening on the ground between the people who like honestly their lives aren't going to be much different if the empire wins or you know if the rebels win like it's just their day-to-day is going to be the same so i kind of like exploring that part of the world you are seeing a bunch of it in the mandalorian you know speaking of mandalorian um you know emmy nominated uh mandalorian um but it is it is a lot of fun to deal with because it is just a lot of gray. It isn't just this sort of black and white, good versus evil. Like these are people that are, you know, motivated by far different interests and you know, crime drama. It's just a lot of stuff going on. So, tying in with that really quick, we have a question from YouTube. Uh, Danny asks, "So, how much freedom did Lucasfilm give you to create the pre-Return of Skywalker content?" Oh, for Allegiance, I assume you're talking about Allegiance. Um, not, I mean, not a, a whole ton, to be honest, because it had to end up in a certain place, right? So as long as I ended up in a certain place, I did have some freedom, but like, you know, um, I, I, you know, couldn't suddenly kill off, you know, Kylo Ren by accident. <laughs> like, so is, is that how it works though? Ethan, do they, do they say, hey, we want you to work on this book and the goal of it is to get to this spot? Yes, that's yeah, pretty However you get there, have fun. Just don't break anything. Yes. I mean, of course, they're, they want to see how I get there. So there is an outline. and you know, yeah, yeah. That. But yes, that essentially, like, I had to end up where, essentially, where the, where the movie starts. Um, and, you know, Star Wars is such a unique franchise. I really think it's like no other franchise in pop culture where everything connects. Like, if you watch a Harry Potter movie and you read a Harry Potter book, it doesn't have to, you know, they're very similar but like it doesn't have to match exactly or you know even take like the marvel universe the static universe like what happens in the comics doesn't directly affect what happens in the movies but star wars everything lines up i realize i'm kind of dark here i'm gonna see if this is this better okay oh yeah there we go sorry no problem um yeah so like in star wars everything they're all like the lines of the puzzle pieces all have to match right so like the books the video games the theme park story uh, the movies, the TV shows, the you know the the animated series, like it all has to match. So something that happens in Clone Wars matters in a Star Wars movie. Something that happens in the comics matters in you know video games. Um, it all ties in together. So like they have to watch it. You know, like I can't suddenly you know have a story where like Luke Skywalker um, you know quits the quits being a Jedi to become a jazz musician. You know, it's just like, you, you can't do that. Well, yeah, it's because, as James says, you know, it's because stuff like this has happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're a lot more careful. I think also, you know, keep in mind that like those, those the sort of extended universe happened at a time, like a lot of that wasn't like canon, you know what I mean? Like that was sort of, hey, uh, we're licensing this to you to tell these stories, but those stories don't matter in the world of the movies, you know what I mean? Like, as far as Lucas was concerned, uh, for a lot of that stuff. Um, so like now, they're, everything is much stricter because it matters, you know? Super. I mean, it all, it all matters in the larger story. Was it in Galaxy's Edge story that you got to use Greedo? Yes. Yeah, was that the so, reason yeah. why you chose him? I had a lot of freedom with that one. Um, a, the marching orders was to tell uh, a, a story uh, involving Doc Ondor, who was the uh, Thorian um, store owner that 
you know, if you go to, if you go to the theme park, there's this sort of den of antiquities, um, all these like holocrons and all these like cool sort of lightsabers, all these cool things. So rather than just tell a story about him, um, you know, and that, the main story with that was a sort of heist story involving uh, a crew trying to steal something from the shop. But uh, I got to tell some flashback stories of how he got some of the things. So I just picked like a whole bunch of my favorite characters that I wanted to write about. And I did the sort of one off with them. So, you know, Han and Chewie, I did Greedo. And the Greedo one was a total joke. Because, like, I'm going to write Greedo as this badass um, you know, charge of this mission. And he's like three quarters of the way through, and it's just really competent and really good, and he screws up. You know, but, um, I, I really wanted that three quarters to just sort of tell Greedo that you didn't think you needed to the Greedo story you didn't think you needed to read. Is Greedo one of your favorite characters? You keep like coming up with ideas for him. So. He is one of my favorite characters, and I honestly don't know why. I just think there's, you know, I kind of, I kind of wonder about his whole backstory about, you know, how he got to the point where, or Jabba just like said, okay, I trust you to, you know, with this bounty. Must've been that snazzy vest. Yeah. When he can't, <laughs> obviously can't even shoot someone across the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had a question for you. I don't know if you can even answer this. Uh, in the one of the bounty hunter issues, a couple of the bounty hunters are talking, and they mentioned the guild. Is that the same guild from the Mandalorian? Yeah, I mean the the, the bounty hunter guild is sort of it's been there before Mandalorian. Like mm -hmm. you know, there's different definite references to it. You know, mm -hmm. we're not directly tied into the Mandalorian because we happened, you know, whatever it is, six years or so before the events of the Mandalorian. So it's um, and six years in, in bounty hunter years because they haven't lived that long uh, is uh, it's a long time. So, but it is connected in the wider same the same wider world. Oh, that's cool. Um, questions from you guys? Anything else you guys? Have? Uh, I guess actually no. I had a question for you. I, just, I meant to ask you from Jump Street. What was it like to get that first call that you're going to be writing Star Wars? It was pretty amazing. Um, so there's one of the editors on Star Wars, uh, Tom. Uh, he's the assistant editor there and he was, he brought me on to do a, uh, silver surfer annual that he was assigned. And we just, like, we really hit it off. It was just a really smooth project. And, you know, I was like, listen, um, anything you want me to do, uh, with star Wars, I would, I would kill to do with star Wars. So that's where the Mace Windu story came and I didn't screw it up as badly as I could have. Um, I guess. So that led to others. But yeah, that's where, uh, but yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's amazing for me to create characters that actually now live or, or die probably more, uh, in that world. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm adding to this, you know, this franchise that I grew up loving and, and yeah, changed I mean, my life, you know? That's like, I guess the, a creator's dream, you know, you, the, the thing that you are envisioning now is a part of the narrative. It's a part of the actual lore of star wars now and that's yeah. incredible it, it is it is pretty amazing you know i mean star wars is something that uh it, it literally changed the course of my life because i became so interested um you know in movies and things like that i ended up being a, a movie journalist and 
than a comic. You know, I might have been a very successful businessman or lawyer had I never seen Star Wars and, and been very wealthy <laughs> and maybe happy. Uh, but no, uh, no, seriously. But I, I, uh, I got to now uh, add to it. So, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. It's got to be so cool. It's like you're literally you can see your your work on my wall <laughs> behind you. That, that's got to be an awesome feeling. It, it is. And, you know, the way comic books, the process works is you have an idea in your so it's, think of it like an assembly line. Right. And the, and the writer is on, on the far end of the assembly line. And, you know, um, you, the editor is sort of at every stage sort of overseeing. But like you have an idea in your head and, you know, eventually like you put it in a script and the artist gets it and they and then when you see it actually drawn and it's so close or even better than whatever you were thinking it's it's an amazing feeling you know just to see that and you know i got to write i got to write um some characters that i i've always loved including uh general leia um after she passed away, you know, I wrote that story and I'd interviewed her before and I, you know, met her. I really wanted to do like a special scene. And so like, it's just small things like, you know, um, her giving a speech to, to sort of rally the, uh, rally the, the Mon Calamari to, to her cause. And just like, I spent so much time on this one page speech because I really wanted to do her justice, both the actress and the character. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's all great stuff. The best part about Carrie Fisher is that every single person, every guest we've ever had come on has a very specific Carrie Fisher story. <laughs> and it's amazing. Uh, yeah. and every time it's an amazing out. person. Yeah. Um, I, uh, when I interviewed her, it was for the force awakens and, um, it was at a New York hotel, uh, the Carlisle, which is kind of like a fancy stodgy kind of old old type of, of hotel and we were in the room there they have like a famous sort of lounge area it was like you know middle afternoon and I remember uh, Gary her dog was seated and I was seated in this lower seat than than Gary Gary was on this ornate like really fancy high seat and I remember this is about right where I rank <laughs> in the order of this thing but yeah no, she, she was amazing uh, yeah, we're we're big Carrie Fisher fans on this podcast, so <laughs> it's always fun to hear stuff about her, and we smile like idiots, which is great. <laughs> um, I see some Star Wars toys behind you. Is that the extent of your collection? Yeah, so I'm not a collector. These are very specific things. Mm -hmm. uh, so these are all characters that I uh, love that I got to write. So oh, I, cool. every time I get one, um, and they're like, there's sort of split between Marvel and Star Wars. Um, that is the, I worked for a newspaper called the New York Daily News and that was my goodbye. Uh, they made like a f fake front page when I left. <laughs> uh, and that's a piece of, that's an actual original art from, uh, that 10 page Mace Windu story that I did. It's, he's actually, Paolo is the same artist that I'm working on now. I have another piece of original art, which you can't see, but that's for, uh, Galactus. I was going to say Galactus. Looks like yeah. Galactus. <laughs> I don't know if you can see. I, I'm doing a terrible job here. But, <laughs> um, I have a lightsaber from Ace Windu's lightsaber. From, uh, that's like I'm, my favorite lightsaber. Yeah, <laughs> that's from Galaxy's Edge as well. I have a kyber crystal. Yeah, just, you know, tools of the trade. Yeah. 
every time every time I do a project, I buy so like a reference material or I make something else. I always tell my wife, it's for work. Yeah, I mean, I have a ton of Star Wars books over here. Uh, I like reference books as well. Yeah. All right, I, I realize this is kind of like the Blair Witch Project with the camera. Work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's actually better though because it's, it's more real. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I can hear the viewers throwing up. <laughs> Everybody's watched the episode of Cops. We get it. <laughs> Um, I think you, you may have heard us when you were in the green room talking before, but um, Slade is a is the biggest Ewoks fan I would venture to say in the world. I was uh, taking notes and I, I forwarded Slade a waiver, so if I use a, a, a grizzled uh, Ewok bounty hunter, connects to me. That would be incredible. Even if like no connection to what us whatsoever, just a grizzled old Ewok that is just a badass. That would be so cool. Matted hair, maybe like some dreadlocks in there. <laughs> I feel like maybe be three in a giant trench coat. <laughs> it's like a seven foot tall, you know, uh, really intimidating bounty hunter and then the trench coat pops off. It's Actually, it's Black Harrison is just three Ewoks. There, there is a in canon Ewok bounty hunter. I don't remember his name, but he did. He was in a book years ago. Uh, you have to look that up because I'm I'm not ashamed to admit I, I did not know that. So. I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to figure this one out and what book it was. And yeah, we've had a lot of fun on this podcast. It's clearly time for another one. <laughs> True. <laughs> Can't remember the name. Time to make up a new one. Um. Yeah, that would be so cool. I, I'd be in for that. I do love that you're able to use Bosk and Bounty Hunters. I've been a big fan of Bosk just because yeah, I like the way. I, I, I like I like writing Bosk a lot. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll be back. And, uh, when, when you write Bosk and you do some of his dialogue, do you add all the S's? You know, I struggle with that a little bit because I kind of felt like I've seen him in multiple ways written and, and also in the Clone Wars cartoon, he's sort of, you know, he more or less speaks normally and, and it, that was a little trick too because you're a lot of the earlier or a lot of comics over the years you know there's been like alien um dialogue and then you know caption translation or something like that and like now we're, we're mainly everyone sort of speaks um we, we sort of get rid of the the sort of the alien dialogue so with him it was kind of tough to I just didn't want him to sound like he's going to order great coupon, you know, like, like he's his proper, <laughs> but I didn't want it to be too, uh, distracting. You know, if he's, if he's, uh, really dragging out every S sound, it's, it's, it's going to get very annoying for the people he's fighting, you know, to, to listen. Yeah. I was like, Are you, you know, so, so, uh, uh, I was trying to strike a little bit of a balance there. Yeah. It's like the first two Thor movies. They, they tried to stick with the Shakespearean and it, work but didn't work and then they Thor Ragnarok comes out and they're just full on wacky fellas and everyone loved it so <laughs> thank you Eric Brana but we're moving in a different direction <laughs> <laughs> all right let's see here I had questions but Danny has a question click on it oh I need to give you access <laughs> for Christ's sake all right yeah go ahead Mari um, Danny wonders what goes into your research when creating comics for Star Wars and do you get access to the resources like the people and materials to build your story? 
Yeah, so good question. Um, I for I have a lot of reference books, and uh, uh, Disney Publishing often sends me stuff like there's like a visual dictionary or things like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I was so intimidated that I just lost my my train. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, so it, I use those kind of books, but also, and I you know I bought or I got Disney Plus so that I, I rewatch all this stuff, uh, especially if I know I'm going to use a character. You know, for example, when I was doing Bounty Hunters, I rewatched all the Clone Wars Bounty Hunters episodes because, you know, Bosk is in a number of them and Young Boba Fett and things like that. So so that's part of my research. But then for certain specific things, like the coolest one was Galaxy's Edge because we were doing a series about a place that didn't exist yet. Like when we yeah. started, it was not open. Um, a lot of the stuff had yet to be built or was in under construction. So we had to like basically sign our souls, uh, <laughs> you know, it was very strict security, but we got Will and I, uh, the artist and I got access to this 168 page creative Bible. And it was like, and everything is like watermarked. So, you know, like if it, <laughs> if it, if it goes online on some forum and it says Ethan Sachs, Ethan Sachs, Ethan Sachs, like, nope, there's no ambiguity in who, who screwed up. You know, um, so it was really airtight, and uh, but it was like concept art and maps and all these great things, and so it, it was a really. Um, and you know, the, the thing is too. I, I, I mean, would imagine you probably would imagine this, but everyone who works in Lucasfilm and Imagineering, it's like this is a passion for them. It's not they're not clocking in, you know, at nine and leaving at five and not thinking about working. Like they love this stuff as much as the fans do. So like the amount of detail and the loving, like when you go to Batu, when you go to the, to the, you know, the larger the restaurants, you look up, there's a carbonite, like a, a sort of working carbonite thing that you have to look up to see it, which is how they freeze dry food and, and transport it around the galaxy. And it's just like this little detail, this little kind of working carbonite that 90% of the people aren't looking up and seeing, but it's there. It's like, that's the level of detail that they do. It's just nuts. That's my favorite part of Galaxy's Edge in Orlando is the details. Everywhere yeah. you look, there's something. Yeah. Um, do you um, do you read then like Star Wars novels and stuff like that too, I or do. are you mainly the I movies? Do. I don't get to read all of them all the time. Um, I'm not the. I don't read quickly enough to just sort of plow through everything. So I, I've read probably maybe you <laughs> know of, of the Disney era. Uh, novels, and uh, you know, I have a bunch more that are on my to-do list. So, especially if it's something that it falls in the time period that I'm working with, like so. When I was doing Galaxy's Edge, I read uh, Black Spire by Delilah Dawson and mm -hmm. uh, A Crash of Fate, and uh, you know, when I when I did um, Allegiance, I read uh, Resistance Reborn. So, like you know, I'm reading the stuff that touches at all on, on the, you know, stuff that I'm working on. Uh, and I love, I mean, I love reading it. It's, it's as a fan. So, um, so one of the questions we have then, is there any star Wars lit that you are really excited for? Well, the, the, that I haven't read yet. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess there's a Poe Dameron novel, uh, that Alex Segura is a friend of mine. It, I just finished uh, that last night. I just finished it. No, it, it I haven't got it yet. Yeah, uh, publishing to send me a copy. I mean, I'm so, Island, but, uh, it's it's super good. Uh, I was got like a reviewer copy kind of thing. Yeah, right. 
not out yet. Yeah, so. that's what I got. No, yeah, it's not. They sent me a no. review copy, which it was uh, the formatting was really weird. So like yeah. you'd be reading a sentence, and then halfway through the sentence, it would stop and it would say Alex Segura. <laughs> So it'd be like, oh, there's a fire in the Alex Segura. <laughs> so it took me a minute to like figure out what the hell was going on, and then I, then I plowed through. But it's, it's I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. So. If you uh, if you were in the Star Wars universe, I know you've written bounty hunters, and you know like you know the classic characters, Jedi, Sith. What would you what would you want to be? Well, I, I mean, I have to be realistic here. If I I was in the Star Wars universe, I'd be like one of those farmers who's running like in the Mandalorian and is being shot down by like <laughs> or something. I would last, you know, I often say like, you know, how do you think you would survive in a zombie apocalypse? I'd be like, I would be the first person like in the opening credits when they show a montage of everyone dying. <laughs> I'd be in that so that's, that's honestly, that's, I love this reply. This is my reply to most people. <laughs> Because everyone's like, I would be an X-Wing pilot. I'm like, you know, they have jet fighters now. You could be doing that, but you don't. You sit yeah. on your, you, yeah, you, you, you do nothing. I can't parallel park. So like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not playing an X-Wing. Like, you know, yeah. It's not, not going to happen. Yeah, you, uh, you got to be realistic about these things. Yeah, like I'm, I'm the guy who's like, you know, you know you're going to lose all the chest to, to Chewbacca, like, you know, and it's going to rip your hands. I always never ripped anyone's hands off. I would have been the guy that got that. <laughs> uh, when he finally did on screen in Solo, I think everybody in the theater I was in was like, ah, oh, he did it. That's yeah. the suit that would fit me. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely would, you know, I definitely would have, would have died in, in uh, episode one and one of the previous. <laughs> you're, you're an opening montage kind of a character. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I would have been one of the people looking up when, uh, you know, when the Star Killer base destroyed the planet. It's like, oh, what's that? And then <laughs> it's so pretty. What is that? <laughs> Dead. <laughs> uh, we actually had an episode a long time ago, like when we first started, where we each slotted the other person into Star Wars, like what we think the other person would be in Star Wars. And I think we all were pretty realistic and got it mostly right. Uh, we determined that Slade would have an Ewok petting zoo. <laughs> uh, but it's a two-way petting zoo. You pet them, they pet you back uh, kind of deal. That's an interesting petting zoo. <laughs> I didn't agree with this. <laughs> it was voted, though, three to one, so here we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, so what's what's um big plans what what are you guys scoping out right now for you uh work-wise that you're allowed to say uh, <laughs> nice weather we're having <laughs> <laughs> i can't i can't uh yeah i i mean unfortunately i can't talk too much uh you know bounty hunters are, are you allowed to say that you are working on something but you just can't talk about it I can blink for the camera. <laughs> we, don't want to, we don't want him to get too high in today's Republic. Yeah, I mean, I, um, as, as far as uh, Star Wars stuff is going, and Bounty Hunters is, is my main thing, um, there are a lot of great plans uh, coming up, none of which I can talk about. You know, we were, we uh, because of the pandemic, obviously, and, and comic stores were closed, we were sort of uh, paused for a little bit, but we... Uh, it's back up and running. So the, the, the fourth issue comes out, uh, I believe it's the 19th. Am I doing the math right? 
of uh, August, and uh, pretty soon we're back to sort of a monthly schedule. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the first arc finishes with five, and then we have. Uh, I mean, it's not really uh, ruining anything because you could see from the covers from the um, solicitations, like uh -huh. we have Locus and Forlom are, are sort of after after him after Balance. Uh, so I got to that was kind of fun. I really liked writing those two. Uh, and then everything that happens after seven, I can't, can't talk about. So, so there. Very cool. So I really told you nothing. Um, <laughs> that's perfectly fine. You're know working that's, on more, so perfectly fine. I'm yeah. willing to bet it has something to do with Greedo. <laughs> <laughs> I want to write a definitive 12-issue Greedo series, and I want it to be like Joker, like the movie Joker, where yeah, yeah, it was it was like the origin story you didn't know you asked for, or maybe you didn't ask for. I don't know. <laughs> The gritty Greedo origin story. Well, just that's the thing that you know we say a lot, and you know a lot of the people who watch say you know some of our favorite parts of things of, of Star Wars are things where you get like that, not behind the scenes, behind the big events where you get into the real life of people. You know the da the daily life of Greedo. You know yeah. what what was that like? Well, um, what was Greedo like in high school? You know those kind of stories that you're like. Okay, so this is this is the real life of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Fans love that stuff, man. Well, I, I, do. <laughs> I I have a random Greedo salt shaker. <laughs> I have Han and, and Greedo. Yeah, I got them in yeah. A, yeah, they were in the Smuggler's Bounty Box, yep. and they're literally they're just That's a little. Oh, yeah, I have that. That's great. I just found them because we're long story short, we're selling our place and we're buying a new place. So we're pack packing stuff up. And I found just the Greedo in one part of the house and the Han in the other part of the house. And I don't know how it happened. <laughs> no idea how. Oh, Your daughter happened. That's what happened. Probably. <laughs> this is actually, this is a really good idea. <laughs> Marvel Black Label Greedo. <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> he just walked around like the Punisher. You know? Yes. Greedo kills the Star Wars universe. Boom. Returning my calls. We saw what you said on that show. We were one of the seven people in that YouTube. Yeah. Goodness. All right. You guys have any more questions for? And I'll keep him here all night. Oh, geez. Uh, did I, uh, still a Mets fan? No, I'm actually a Yankees fan. Uh, oh, yeah. Joe, Joe is a Mets fan. And he Joe's a Mets fan. Okay. Yes. Cool. He had tickets, and they basically the tickets he had, like it was an all-you-can-eat thing at the clubhouse. So that's why I love I, those. I, I, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I hope I don't. I hope I don't turn off any uh, vegans or or anything like that. But they had these bacon wrapped hot dogs, and I ate like six of them. <laughs> so. I'm forever yeah. jealous. So my cousin has uh, season tickets to the Mets. And I go all the time because I'm a huge Nationals fan. So mm -hmm. it's a quick drive over there. We go to games and we have fun. I'm forever jealous of City Field, though, because of the cuisine. They have real food there. Nats Park has trash. They have, <laughs> yeah. they have bacon on a stick. And it is amazing. <laughs> well, the thing is, if you're a Nets fan, um, you have to eat your feelings. You know, it's, it's hard. <laughs> you, you, um, yeah. Oh, um, so it's, we have this Star Wars podcast. We're going to talk sports for a second. When, uh, as a Yankees fan, you you big Yankees fan. When I was growing up at Ohio, we went to watch the Columbus Clippers in Little League, 
And that's where I met Derek Jeter, oh, and, wow. uh, Andy Pettit, Mariana Rivero, <laughs> and uh, Jorge Prasada. So I that day changed my number from 25 to 13 because of Jeter. Wow. And then when he got to the Yankees at two, I switched to two. <laughs> that's amazing. But unfortunately, I'm an Indians fan and have been forever. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I worked for the Nationals, uh, <laughs> still an Indians fan. It's awful. Danny's asking, "Have you met the band Kiss?" Uh, I have not. So I, I wrote uh, probably what Danny's referring to is that I wrote a series uh, recently called Kiss Zombies, which whatever you're thinking, that was the series. <laughs> and, um, so, uh, but I, I actually didn't deal with, you know, Gene Simmons is very protective of, of the sort of the KISS brand. So he worked with my editor, Kevin, but I had interviewed them a few times uh, when I was at the Daily News, because I, I was a KISS fan. So, uh, but those were always over the phone. The only time I met them in person, which was like for a second, was, was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction that they, they were inducted into. Um, so no, I didn't really, like, I certainly didn't work with them on, uh, but that was a fun series to write because that was, it's basically set like 70 years in, into a zombie apocalypse long after people like me would have died in the opening scene. Um, and kiss has been cryogenically frozen and they're sort of un, unfrozen. They become, and, and the zombies are attracted, uh, to sound. So like the world's loudest rock and roll group, um, I'm, I'm also a Slayer and Tool fan, so I don't know if that the world's loudest, but uh, Slayer was not cryogenically frozen, so uh, the point being that <laughs> Kiss comes out, and, and it's sort of this, this, this sort of Now you should do a Guar Zombies book. <laughs> uh, a very good friend of mine, Matt Miners, uh, does a lot of Guar comics. Oh, nice. Guar is just like a lot of fun to, for, I mean, I'm assuming it's a lot of fun from the right, but a lot of fun to read. Uh, yeah. So did when I saw them live, um, we saw them at a club that had two levels uh -huh. and they used to be allowed to spray their blood and whatever all over, like, all over the club. But apparently they were told that this year they were not allowed to spray the second level. So I wore my, I don't wear white, but I was specifically told to wear white for this show. And then we didn't get sprayed with blood. I was so mad. I was so mad. So you wore the white hoping that it would get stained. Yes, yeah, that's why they tell you to wear white to a Gwar show is so that you have proof like here, this is my Gwar concert shirt. <laughs> so I don't, I, I apologize if VP asked you this one already. Do you have a um, like dream project? What, what's that one thing where you're like, damn, if, if hey, Marvel editors, you know, hey, CB, I mean, let me let me do this one for Star Wars or whoever the Star Wars guy is over there. You know, there are certain characters. I would love to visit uh, Mace Windu again. I would I would love to visit, um, you know, maybe Luke after after Return of the Jedi, you know, where you're like this sort of this hero that's sort of overthrown. You know, but like you're so you're, you're kind of by yourself, too. Like, you know, you're the, the only Jedi. It's probably you know you're going around the uh, there's you know mop up duty all these I just would love to you know maybe explore like what that would have been like for him that'd be kind of fun. Um, I'd read and, that. You know, that, that. Have you up. thought about writing any other um, mediums other than comics? Um, 
I mean, I've, I've thought about it, but, uh, you know, right now there's a couple of projects I'm trying to get off the ground that, uh, um, to creator owned a very specific thing, which, uh, I can't really talk about and hopefully that will happen soon. Um, and then I'm doing this series for uh, AWA, which is actually running on NBC News, and it's called COVID Chronicles. And it's like, because I'm a journalist, I, I had a news background before I was uh, writing about entertainment. And uh, it's it's real life people sort of in the COVID. <laughs> Thanks, James. For those of you who didn't see that, though, uh, James posted promote COVID Chronicles. Anyway, what it is, is it's sort of like first person a nurse in the ICU in New York at the height of it, um, a person in Wuhan who was like in the lockdown. Uh, I'm, I'm just interviewed this woman uh, who's a doctor, you know, with doctors without, who's like treating COVID in a refugee camp and like all this kind of stuff. So uh, that's running on NBC News now and eventually it'll be in a trade paperback, uh, hopefully at the end of this year. Um, so that's been kind of a nice like combination of comics and journalism for me. Uh, but yes, um, mainly Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's like a yeah. vegetable that I deserve. So you've done Marvel and Star Wars, Marvel. Any interest in doing DC stuff? Um, you know, I'd never say no. I just, uh, Marvel's sort of were the ones that recruited me um, at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm a free agent. So if, they, if an editor or DC came to me with, said, I would love, you know, I mean, the first comic I ever read was Flash uh, as like a four year old. Um, so, I mean, I, it's not that I don't, I, I love, I'm one of these fans who loves all of it. So I'm not very partisan in that way. Uh, but yeah, just hasn't, hasn't crossed my path yet. Where uh, we have that thing behind Slave there, Uncanny Nerd, uh, is Slade's baby. We have a, it's our second show. It's all pop culture, not just Star Wars. So uh, we talk a lot about random stuff like this. So <laughs> it's so perfect. You want me to come on tomorrow? After no, never. yeah, actually, it, it's we Monday. <laughs> yeah, those are Mondays. Yeah, Monday nights. If we're there, we could talk about baseball because that's considered nerdy. So whatever. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. If you want to get really nerdy, I can talk about data and analytics with you. <laughs> <laughs> that one out and bore myself nerd baby yeah it's, it's, it's in my blood <laughs> all right i think we've been at this for an hour i think we should call it <laughs> uh, thank you uh yes thank you for coming on obviously you're welcome welcome to come back anytime um where can people right, find we'll you on social week. media what's up i said i'll see you guys next week yeah for sure yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, appreciate everybody who watched. Uh, I'm outside like the door. <laughs> I said I'm outside the door right now. Can you let me in? Yeah, yeah. Come, actually, come on in. Uh, if you were, my dog would be going nuts. So, <laughs> um, my fa- it's my favorite part of the show because I'll push in broadcast, and it takes like an additional like 15 seconds. <laughs>